0: Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 327, Talking Turkey with Kenny Mount, a.k.a. Chubbs, and I am your co-host and the guy who saw two... Dear Old Friends, this weekend.
1: And I'm your co-host and the guy who saw Casper this weekend. Mm. Were
0: your friends bearded that you saw? I saw two old friends. They had some beards (laughs) that were not gray, not terribly long, very, very thick. Oh. And one of them, well, they both had these protrusions coming from their legs.
1: Ah, those are the things... I like to see in my friends.
0: And one of them had a long, sharp pair of protrusions off the leg.
1: Well, I'd like to make really close acquaintance with him in, what, about 40
0: days? Well, you know, I'm not counting, but it could be about <laughs> 44 days, 12 hours, 34 minutes and 45 seconds if I was counting.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you know... <laughs> If you were counting that... If
0: I was that kind of guy who really cared, you know?
1: If your boy with the long, sharp protrusion from his leg happened to have a cousin living out west in a colder area with a white-tipped fan, he might meet his maker in 10 days, 15 hours, and 42 minutes.
0: If we can find his cousin who has protrusions coming off of his leg... (laughs) are as long as the one that i saw saturday then i'm not saying it would be a state record no way he would be a stud of a Miriams.
1: yeah so so you are
0: these the you think these are the same boys you had hanging around last year so here's i i wondered that here's the thing they could be but if it is their beards are shorter mm. hey it's possible both of them have beard rot yeah an absolute possibility
1: Uh, something with weather or something that because we had a season here my junior year of college i think it was i killed four in tennessee and called up another four or so and i think six out of eight turkeys that were killed in four different counties all had beard rot. Mm -hmm. So that in my mind was like, all right, something happened in the weather or something, you know, maybe something that sprayed on the field. I don't know what it is, but it seemed like it was widespread for a year.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So I'm not sure about that, but
0: it was interesting. And the one with the longest spurs has a very distinct looking beard. mm. He's a distinguished fellow. (laughs) So yes, I, I'm i going to try to meet one or both of them this year.
1: Very nice. Well, I saw a hen wild turkey on private land that was the whitest albino turkey I've ever seen. She did not have a single marking of any other color than white on her. And the other albino or smoke phase turkeys I've seen have all had normal colorations like a turkey of their head. This one had a snow white head and everything as well. Like the feathers and the skin were all white. So it was pretty spectacular turkey. Or it could have been an imposter snow goose. I'm
0: not sure. Yeah. Yes, it could have been a snow goose. And I just about texted you that yesterday just to ask you if it was a snow goose who would gotten lost.
1: Maybe hit on the head and
0: confused.
1: (laughs) That's what it looked like. Like, it was that white all the way up. Yeah. Unbelievable. Beautiful turkey.
0: Yeah, the picture that you sent me was obviously very grainy because you had zoomed it in a good bit. But Mm -hmm. I could see no barring whatsoever on that turkey's wings. There was not yeah and usually your smoke phase birds have quite a bit of barring and coloration in their feathers other than white yeah this was obviously even in that grainy picture not a smoke phase turkey no
1: no and she is on some private land and so i'm considering and i've called the owner And I do not have permission to hunt there because they hunt it. But he gave me permission to go photograph the turkey if I want to. Hmm. And I'm really considering it. I mean, I've never seen a turkey like that. And if I could go get some really cool photography pictures of her, that would be pretty neat to have.
0: Absolutely, it would.
1: So Saturday looks like it's going to be kind of a rainy mix like it was this weekend. And that's when they were in the field. So maybe they'll be back. I I might have to swing by and check it out.
0: Yeah, very cool. So I'll
1: keep you guys updated on that. But... In the meantime, we got a good show today with a guy that I don't think has been on many podcasts or, or anything other than brief appearances on the Penhody Project. Mm-hmm. And that's Chubbs, Kenny Mount.
0: Yeah, and Kenny just recently completed his Super Slam.
1: Yeah, and is the first Alabamian to read it, at least the Super Slam. Yeah, which he talks about. So yeah. the guy knows his turkeys, without a doubt.
0: Yeah, there's no question about that. So and, the thing I like about Chubbs the most is he's not afraid of firing a warning shot. Yeah. And you can see that quite a few times on the videos that he's in with Dave. I like yeah. that.
1: Yeah, no doubt. He, I'll tell you what, we have certain guests on here that you can tell just could talk turkey and I could talk to him all night.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Chubbs is one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Donald Devereaux Jarrett was one of those guys.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's several we have on here that you can tell they just have it, you know, just like me and you and a lot of our listeners, we we have it. It's a burning in our soul and we just want to talk about it. And lucky for me and you, we get to talk about it weekly, but a lot of people don't have that opportunity.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
1: I think I think Kenny was excited to talk turkey with a couple of guys in the off season.
0: He was, and because of that, it's a lengthy interview, but it's a good one. And so, what do you say you and I shut up Yeah, and we start in on this interview and let everybody listen to Chubbs?
1: Absolutely. See you guys on the other side.
0: Hey, everybody. I am glad to tell you that I have on the line with me this evening, Kenny Mount with, well, Kenny Mount. But you guys may know him as Chubbs on the Penhody Project. And, of course, Cameron is with us as well. And so we wanted to get Kenny on the phone with us today and just talk about high math. We're going to talk about some calculus. We might even, I don't know, do you want to cross the the line and get into any science at all, Kenny, or you, you just want to stick with math today?
3: I've got a year of calculus-based physics under my belt. So if you, oh, want, to, yeah. if you want to elevate it to that, that'd be great.
0: Oh, all right. I tell you what, we'll dabble in that just a little bit towards the end of the interview. So sure. I, yeah, save I'm,
3: the best for last. Hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a good time. So that's what that's what's in store for you guys today. Yeah. So we'll save
1: that for the premium content at the end.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to get a check if we start getting into that. No doubt.
0: <laughs> so. Kenny, how are you today? And tell us where you are. Pretty good, man. Just uh, got home a little while ago, and sitting on the back patio, and looking forward to talking to you guys, and seeing what all we can
3: what we can kick around during
0: this thing. Good deal. You have a little heater going in the in the back patio or a fire pit? No, man. I am a
3: I'm a cold weather guy. I'm sitting out here in a pair of shorts and a and a jacket, just soaking it in. I'm, this is this is my kind of weather.
0: Uh, you're my kind <laughs> my of guy. Kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Worst not, part about living in the south is about ten and a half months of the year, you know. I know, I know it. So well, good deal. Well, before we get into all of this talk of calculus and geometry and then dabble in the physics, Cameron and I do this thing we call the rapid fire Q and A, where we just rattle off about twenty five questions and. And those 25 questions, we want you to answer them just as quickly as you can, just kind of first thing that pops into your mind about them. And I'm going to put a stopwatch on you, and I'm going to time you and see if you can beat the fastest time that we have right now, which is Tony Reynolds has 2 minutes and 45.11 seconds. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to
3: let you down, but I was always just happy to make a C. So if I crack the top, 10 or so i'm probably gonna walk away with a grin on my face so you give i'm swinging i'm kidding let's let's swing for the fences man hit me when you're ready
0: all right so i'm gonna cue up the stopwatch here and i'm going to press start as soon as i get to the first question so here we go wild turkey grilled baked or fried fried wild turkey on the rocks, neat, with cola or with water?
3: With a splash of Sprite.
0: Number of grand slams? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Have you ever killed a bearded hen? Uh, no. Have you ever killed a Jake? Yes. A 10-minute successful hunt on a 2-year-old or a 4-hour long hunt with a clean miss on a 4-year-old? Uh, I'll take the 2-year-old. Me too. Favorite camo pattern? Uh, just mossy oak. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? Oh man, for dinner. More or less than than five strikers in your turkey vest? Less. The state you killed your first turkey in? Alabama. The state you killed your last turkey in? Oregon. Sit in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for one hour and not shoot? Run and gun. Rios or Osceolas? Osceolas. Osceolas or Easterns? Osceolas. Osceolas or Miriams. Merriams. Fields, turkeys... Or woods turkeys? Woods turkeys. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight, or beads? Yeah, holographic reflex sight. Rubber boots, leather boots, or snake boots? Oh, leather hiking boots, lightweight. Favorite place you've ever hunted?
3: Oh, my God, anywhere out west. Montana, Idaho, Colorado, anywhere out west.
0: Most turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Not enough. Least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Uh, uh, Probably three. Out of all the states you've hunted, which state has the most uncooperative turkeys?
3: I can't say I found one over the other, to be honest with you. I know that's vague, but that's the truth.
0: Yeah. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound to call turkeys, what would it be? A hen yelp. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good of a turkey caller do you think you are?
3: On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm probably like a 6.
0: Favorite turkey hunting book?
3: Uh, probably Old Pro Gene Nunnery.
0: Who taught you how to turkey hunt?
3: Uh, conglomerate of people from West right. Virginia.
0: Think of the toughest turkey you've ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? Yes. Do you prefer long, sharp spurs or long, thick beards? Uh, spurs any day of the week. The biggest mistake turkey new turkey hunters make? Listening to everybody else. How long does turkey season last in heaven and what is the bag limit? It
3: lasts forever and there is no bag limit.
0: All right. You Pretty succeeded good. with your C, your quest I get the for top average. get <laughs> You got there. And
3: average, if I can get average on anything, I'm <laughs>
0: i have you at three minutes 7.37 seconds that's pretty strong man i
3: guess as long as i'm under five that's cool
0: (laughs) yeah i i don't think i did it in under five minutes i mean i and and i wrote the dang question so yeah
3: yeah it's like one of them you know the hardest state it's just like there's that's like a you could really have a long answer to that you know oh yeah. oh yeah well, and,
1: and you you saying you're a six on calling made me feel really rough about myself because <laughs> if you're well a six, and you know
3: I'm like well it like you know when we were kicking it around before this thing got started it's like once again the calling thing it's like there's just so much emphasis put on you know calling, and it's yeah. just like anything else. You, you want to be as good as you, you possibly can, but it, it's just it, in my. in all of this is opinion. None of this is fact, but it's, it's just a part of the equation, you know. Yeah. So many variables, and 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 calling just gets beat to a pulp. But anything else, just why not be as good as you can be with anything you do? I mean, if you're gonna become a turkey hunter, why don't you become a good caller? Anybody right. can do it, you know. Yeah. Some people have a knack to do it better than others because of their ear. It's just like someone picking up a guitar or playing a piano. Um, it's the same structure. Um, you, you hear it, you can replicate it easier, but a lot of people can't hear it. They don't want to put the time in to get it, you know, to click with their with their brain in their ear. Right. Once again, most of the turkeys. I mean, I've hunted with, you know, Dave, he won the Grand National Contest, and I've hunted with Jim Pollard. I, you know, years ago, he won it three or four times, and i um, turkeys just recognize a certain ability with that you know i mean there's yeah. been many days dave and i've come back to the truck and we haven't come within a country mile of killing a turkey and he's throwing the kitchen sink at him so it's kind of overrated but there are times that is totally can make or break the deal you know
0: yeah yeah yeah. you're you're exactly right i'll tell you this real it's quick subtle stuff though i'm pretty sure i've shared this story on the podcast before but i went and hunted in, in iowa and uh, hunted with a friend up there and he said, well, I'm, he said, look, I'm tied up with work this afternoon, but I'm going to let my son take you out. And his son was probably 12 at the time and hadn't ever really turkey hunted much. And so me and his son, I get, get to his property, me and his son go out. We walking around a little bit and calling and we're standing at the top of this draw and I'm calling down into the draw and nothing, you know, I'm not getting any kind of sound or anything. Why? Well, you know, I'll, I'll do this when I'm hunting with kids. I'll just turn around and hand them the call that I'm running and say, you run it. And so I did that with his son. I handed him that call. And he squawks out some god-awful hen turkey getting molested by an elephant while being run over by a garbage truck sound. I mean, it was terrible. And the turkey down in the draw goes, oh! <laughs> And I just looked at him, and I, I thought, I didn't say anything negative at all. And I just thought I, I think I'm going to quit today. I think today's that the <laughs> day that I quit. And I just yeah, you know, he turned to hand me the call, and I said, "Just hang on to it. You're going to need it. You're going to, you're going to have to call this turkey in for me." <laughs> oh, Dude,
3: some days it's 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 so easy a okay, caveman can do it, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, but I couldn't do it, so. You know, and and he's probably listen- experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, his, you know, the the kids probably listening to me calling, going, "What's some god awful hen getting molested by an <laughs> elephant, run over by a garbage <laughs> truck?" Sound? What is he doing?
3: <laughs> Give me that thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let, let me show you how it's done.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Go sit uh, down, uh, old man.
1: <laughs> uh huh.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, hey, man.
1: Kenny you said in in one answer that people listen to others too much is probably the biggest problem what do you what do you think is out there right now is probably one of the biggest problems you think people are listening to the pros about?
3: you know I don't know I don't know if there's enough time in the day i'm I'm one of these i guess off beat cats I'm not a big I don't do the whole social media game and and all that. I have dabbled with it at times you know in the past and it just seems like um everyone's like um a master at the craft or at the sport and it's like i think the best advice i would tell anyone is you can take little snippets and stuff from people but be careful who you who you listen to and and really think it through but i don't think there's any substitution for getting out and a experience there's nothing more important than time if if someone wants to become a good turkey hunter the biggest asset is time um there's no secrets there's no there's no tricks to the trade. They can go buy at a sports show or on Amazon or wherever, or there's no secret mouth Yelper. There's no secret box call. It's simply time and putting the time in the woods and really kind of taking and formulating your own style of hunting. And I think a lot of the times that could take absolutely years to, to incorporate. And you're never ever going to like be there. You're never going to say like, I'm there. This is it. I've got it figured out. But, I think until you can really get in the woods by yourself, especially, and start kind of taking different things from different people and kind of coming up with your own thing. Because if you just spend so much time listening to what everybody else is telling you, I think ultimately that probably costs you a little time because... With all the things out there that you got, you know, that are out there now versus when I started. When I started, it was just VHS tapes, and you could you could go to the video store and rent them. Like Quaker Boy had a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Primos was just getting in the gig, but a lot of that stuff was just hunting.
2: Yeah,
3: it wasn't a lot of tactical stuff. And the first time I ever crossed paths with the Denny Gulvis video, that was literally like finding a suitcase full of cash. Like, <laughs> I'm sure you guys have seen them, but when I watched his first VHS tape, like everything changed. It was like this guy's on a different level. And when you start thinking like that, you know, and, and you and you can pay attention to people like him, there's there's just a lot of fluff out there. You gotta be careful what you gotta be careful what you put in your brain, you know, or like get in your yeah. I hope that wasn't too long winded, but it's just yeah. it's really really watered down these do you And that's cool. It just doesn't fit me. <clears throat>
1: do you use the Gulvis style Yelper for your mouth calls?
3: You know, I've got some of his calls. Uh, the day. first time I ever heard, it's a, yeah, you got to huff them. It's it's a totally different way of getting air out of your, you know. If you depends on how you blow a call, but the, honestly, you know, the first time I ever heard Denny call, I'd never heard anything like it. Still to this day, he's one of the most, if not the most realistic guy I've ever heard calling him with a yelper.
0: And then when I heard
3: when Matt was toying around with some of his calls and some of the contest, I couldn't believe it, because Matt's yelp on his regular call, which is just a combo cut, is unbelievable. Like, to this day, Matt's probably got the best hen yelp I've ever heard. I'm talking about Van Syson, I'm sure you're aware of that. Yeah, but, yeah. But when Matt blows a Galvis call, it's unreal. So guys that can really blow them, that the hen yelp and stuff it'll do on it, it's, it's sick. But, no, I, I don't blow. I have a few of them, but those aren't the calls that I blow, and I go, huh,
2: yeah,
3: I'm not but- – not on Matt's planet. <laughs> yeah.
1: I've heard if you can get the goal of style down that they, they can really take you to another level, but that it is a difficult so
3: process. much practice, man. It's just like I, uh, I saw this guy. The last contest I ever called in, this guy was running one of them, and he had a beautiful hand yelp on it. And I was talking to you, and I said, you know, just straight up, how many hours do you think you've got in getting that hen yelp on that call? And he said, at least a couple of years. And quite honestly, I thought he probably had the best hen yelp in the room and he didn't even break the top five. That's the problem. It's like it's over so many people's heads that that I think some of those guys are reluctant to run them, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Anyway,
3: they're good calls.
0: So if you can get a good one, you know, it's just it's just a really wavy prophylactic call. Didn't have any intentional. Yeah. They're yeah. unique. So you Recently finished your super slam, didn't you?
3: Yeah, a couple. I think mean, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So in Arkansas, wasn't it? Yeah, that was
3: that was the last the last draw. Is it that it's actually the last state I had that spring. It was kind of really weird going into a season with one state left. Like there just wasn't enough stress,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> Got plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It,
3: it was it was a really weird feeling.
0: Plenty of time to hunt in your mind, but then when you get to Arkansas and there's only two weeks. Yeah. You know, oh, it's know. really not yeah. that much time.
3: And a
1: Turkey per one hundred oh, miles.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, I think my little girl's birthday was going to be like this. The first Sunday of their season. Their season opened on a Monday. And I was like, okay, if I haven't killed a turkey by Saturday, midday, or whatever, I'm going to have to drive all the way home, make that birthday party, and then I'm going to just jump in the truck and drive back after the birthday party because <laughs> nothing, nothing was going to you know, prevent that from happening. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it, it's always got to get it you're, done. You're going to get it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It was, and you know, should have killed one the first morning, but it just wasn't in the cards. I couldn't see the turkey, and you know, was lucky to work it out the second morning. So the rest of the week was was pretty laid back.
0: But, yeah, uh, that's awesome. Congratulations on that, by the work. way. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. So
3: What's... It's, it seems like everybody's doing that
1: now. You know, it's oh, like yeah. everybody is doing it. Now.
3: <laughs> yeah, and it's I don't know, man. It's weird because like it was cool. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I'm glad I did it. I, I would never trade it for the world, but once it was over, it was just kind of like, okay, what's next? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, all right, where do you go from here? So what is next? Yeah, what
1: what are you going to do now?
3: You know, I don't know. I remember when Dave finished his, the next spring, he kind of spent the majority of his time in the southeast. And when the season was over, he told me, he said, man, he said, it was pretty miserable. And I couldn't quite comprehend it at the time because the the schedules there for a few years were so hectic, demanding, stressful, and everything else. Yeah. Because I would give myself three days per state. So... If I flew into a state, if I didn't have a turkey dead on the third day, that could be trouble, especially right. if you're rolling into the second day and you didn't have one dead or maybe you weren't even in the game. You didn't even have one pinned down to hunt, per se. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that that kind of gets in your blood. And once it's over and you go back and you're like, I wish I would have spent more time here. I wish I would have spent more time here.
0: Right. Now
3: I can go to those places, Lord willing, and spend a few more days that I wanted to explore But it kind of gets in your blood working under pressure like that, so to speak. Yeah. And um, now that that's gone, it's definitely a different feeling. Like I'm turkey hunting now, like I turkey hunted right before 2015. That's when I started, 2015. So I was like, okay, not as fun when you're not under the gun. Yeah. When you got to go to, when you got a week vacation and you're trying to kill in three or four states. Yeah kind of weird looking back to blow through so many states in such a short amount of time but when you want to get it done you want to get it done and i think that kind of gets in your blood and i like i miss a little bit of that part of, of chasing yeah that's yeah that's probably really about it though. yeah
1: yeah. but you are right it is definitely a more common thing these days it seems like every turkey hunter i run into you know even if they've only killed in two states they're they're starting their super slam you know <laughs> everybody's well oh, i
3: know I was, I was in a motel in, in delaware and I had three days to hunt it. And I got sick, too. It was a bummer. So I'm I'm, I'm checking in the, the motel or whatever. And they're like, well, Alabama. They're like, what are you doing up here from Alabama? I said, just, you know, came to a turkey and whatever. And they're like, yeah, we just had this old guy leave here. And he was, uh, he's up here trying to kill a turkey in every state. I'm like, oh, no kidding. That's cool. And um, they're like, yeah, he's got like two left. And I'm like awesome and you know you're thinking all right who the heck is this because you kind of know where you are in line and you're like all right i'm down to like two states so it's kind of like all right who is this guy and they're like yeah he didn't kill one he's got to come back next year and then i'm like i'm gonna beat him
2: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know who he
3: is but i'm gonna beat him and you're not really that competitive and it really doesn't make it but if there's any competitive bone in your body you'd be lying if it wasn't a little competitive you know right (laughs) right We're yeah. beat this old guy now. <laughs> and did you yeah register? absolutely like you know it's funny I had no intention of ever doing is, or any of the registration or any of the slam thing. And Dave and I, we were taking a late a last minute late season trip to the northeast about six years ago, well almost seven years. And he was really chasing that US Slam hard, right? And you know we talked about it. We drove from here to Vermont and back, so we had plenty enough time to to get caught up in the car. And, you know, the more and more I listened to him talk about it, I said, you know, man, I think I'd like to try it. I need it. You, you always want to challenge in turkey. Hunting. Yeah. And I said, I need, I need to think about doing this. And when I really got to looking into, it, and I said, you know, there's a lot of turkey hunt history here in Alabama and some fantastic turkey hunters and just a lot of, a lot of background, pretty deep here, deep rooted. And I got to looking around and I said, you know, nobody's finished it from Alabama and nobody's on the books for doing this in Alabama. And I thought, wonder if I could could slide in in there and and be the guy to do it. So in 2015, I said, "Let's, let's do it. But luckily, man, doing this stuff now for close to 30 years, I had a decent foundation to start with. I started traveling turkey hunting back in 1995. So just, you know, dumbing around the country, I had probably... 17 or 18 states under my belt you know when i got started yeah so that really really helped out in in the long run you know it, yeah but that was that was able to able to kind of start with a you know with a couple of years already out of the way right yeah, yeah. so but yes it, to answer your question i didn't mean to get off track but yeah i i finished the thing and it sat idle for a year and a year and a half and a friend of mine from florida who'd finished it a few years ago he registered his and checked in and he said are you ever going to he said, this doesn't mean anything until you, you know, make it official. And I'm like, well, you got a point because there's probably a lot of people out there that may tell somebody they did it, but not a whole lot of people really doing it. And so, yeah, I, I just, I send them in all the stuff. And I think they registered like the end of last season or something. Maybe I don't remember. Yeah. Nice.
2: Yeah. nice.
3: Can, Cameron, figured are why not are registering your birds?
2: No,
1: I haven't registered any of mine.
3: Yeah. I never registered a one until I finished the whole thing. It was a fake. Hey, don't, if you ever want to register, don't. Ever wait till the last minute because <laughs> it is a nightmare I oh,
2: bet. <laughs> just
3: do it as you go yeah do it as you go man because like i'm trying to pull kill information from the 90s and let me tell you game and fish departments in the 90s are a little bit behind the they're behind the curve now
2: mm-hmm. but
3: you go back 20 26 27 years they don't keep all of that stuff on file. Yeah. Keep all your licenses, man. Be anal about it. Because if you do, when you finish it, if you want to make it legit, it'll make the process so much more streamlined, and you won't spend a week, week and a half doing that crap like I had to do. So just yeah. every, at the end of each season, just go ahead and take care of how many ever you added that year, you know? Yeah.
1: Here you are. I just looked on the website. Kenny Mount, the only one in Alabama. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
3: and, and I had a friend of mine living in Tuscaloosa, and, and we were kind of going back and forth because when I got started doing it, he was he was right there with me. And I said, you're not going to beat me, buddy. <laughs> I said, I'm going to get you, you know. And, and he would he would squeeze a couple in. on I mean, you know, and it was a friendly kind of deal. And uh unforeseen circumstances, he had to move out of state and, and really kind of bitter at the end because I was really wanting him to put his name on the list from Alabama. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Yeah, yeah. So – You're done
1: with it. With 2021, what's your plan? Do you you know where you're going? I assume you'll still hit more states than just Alabama.
3: Oh, yeah. It's like I think last year, I don't know, I probably hunted around nine or 10 different states last spring. That's kind of like, you know, seems to be the benchmark each season, probably around 10, nine to 10 different places. And I think once it gets in your blood, you just can't do it any other way. So this season, as far as anything carved in stone, it looks like I'm probably going to be going back to Hawaii. I know you guys interviewed Tanner. And, yeah,
1: um, going with him for his super Yeah,
3: prob- yeah I'm going to go down and probably tag along with that. And then I'm hoping I can get back in time to do something down in South Florida. It just depends on how the things shake out. And I'll obviously hunt Alabama, Georgia, and definitely do an out west trip, a northeast trip, and a midwest trip. So I've kind of got, like, the states in each one of those little quadrants, you know, kind of nailed down, but it's just a matter of scheduling, you know, because a lot of states haven't, haven't necessarily released all the details yet, so
2: Yeah. it's just a
3: matter of trying to figure out how that stuff shakes out. There's just not enough time in the spring,
2: you know? <laughs> oh,
0: I know it. Never it uh, is. Uh, yeah. Do you typically drive to uh, drive on these trips that you that you go on like Midwest and Northeast?
3: I do. I do. I, I, if I can drive it, I typically will. Now, when we start looking into the far far west stuff, like you know Montana and Washington, and all that, I'll hop on a plane. And yeah. Dave and a couple of guys went to New Mexico last year, and they drove, but they they stopped in Oklahoma to break it up for a few days, and that's a, that's a pretty good drive from here to New Mexico. So. if you can break it up like that sure but midwest northeast i'm typically driving it yeah yeah
1: are you You never know
3: when you're gonna have a couple of days and you swing in somewhere else and hit it (laughs) exactly that's
1: right that's why i like to drive (laughs) absolutely and just having
3: your stuff man because you know when you fly nobody wants to pay all the oversized baggage fees which are a pain in the tail But just if you do minimize it and you weigh your bags and you keep them under 50, sure, you can streamline it to where you can get your vest and your boots and all that crap that you need. But you're still, I still always feel kind of handcuffed because it's nothing like having everything at your fingertips, like in your ride, you know?
0: Right. Mm -hmm. You always
3: got to buy a cooler at Walmart and then end up giving it to somebody at a gas station so they can load it down with some, you know, Zima or something. (laughs) So it's just... (laughs) You're always having to waste money, you know. Uh,
0: you're showing your age now, Kenny. Hang on, don't be talking about Zima. No, it, it, it's there, man. It's there. <laughs> That's too. Funny.
1: Are you? Are you still involved? I know last season you were on there a little bit, but are you still involved with the Penhodi project videos at all, or have you kind of decided to not be as involved in that?
3: Well, when when I was doing that with him when he first came out with it, we were we lived in the same zip code.
1: Oh,
2: okay. I could,
3: Back when I had it, uh, yeah. Back when I had a good arm, we could have hit each other's homes with rocks, mm-hmm. and we both moved totally different directions. So logistics had definitely played a part in it, and it's just a lot harder for for me and him to to do all that stuff that that we did the first season. You could actually see, I think his second season that he did. I think I hunted with him a little bit here in Alabama, in Florida, but mm-hmm. even that season we had we were not living uh, in the same locations. So it was much harder, so. Logistics have kind of just stepped in the middle of all that.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I just I wasn't sure if you were, you know, done with the slam. And and hey, guys, going. let's
3: face it. Let's face it. I'm not cut out for the camera. You got to be, you got to be young and 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 good looking and all that. I'm old and dried up. He's <laughs> got to get some better eye candy on there if he wants to keep his keep his fans. You know,
0: <laughs> or maybe oh. one of those fuzzy lenses for the camera. You know, that kind of soften you up a little bit, and make you look like a supermodel. Just,
3: yeah, just something. Give me a little bit better physique, a better That I don't know, man. I think it's too much work. So ultimately the move probably worked out in his in his favor. There you go. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. What
1: I, I will say one thing I wanted to make sure I talked to you about because watching I watched the first season of Penhody Project. Mm-hmm. I haven't really seen much since then, but in that in that first season watching you when y'all would set up on a turkey, I mean It was like a science when you would pick your setups. And you especially, Mm -hmm. I noticed, is like, man, Chubbs, he always, like, they sit there and analyze every aspect of the setup before they sit out. You know, what are some, like, factors you think you take into account on, like, your setup for turkeys?
3: You know, back in the rapid fire thing, I forgot exactly what the question was, but I made a comment about how, you know, there's just too much information out there. There's We kind of hit on it a little bit at the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hear so much about calling, especially a lot of it's from guys that have won a contest somewhere and they're automatically like professional turkey hunters or whatever. And so much of it's based around calling. But ultimately, man, my opinion, there's nothing more important. Nothing. You, can't, you cannot hammer it enough. That is the name of where you decide to sit and where you decide to initiate this conversation, however you want to reference, wherever that is going to take place. And it may take place in multiple spots between now and when you hopefully get the opportunity to kill the turkey, but every move is going to make or break the outcome of that hunt. I don't care how good you call. I don't care how good your gun is. I don't care how nice your hand load shells are, how far it'll shoot. All of that stuff is totally irrelevant. If you cannot analyze the situation, you have to be able to analyze it in a timely manner. A lot of the times, just a few seconds can cost you. To me, there's nothing more important than it. All of this other stuff is totally irrelevant. You know, I, I mean... How good your glass call is? How much your box call costs? How much your boots are? All, right. all that stuff is just so, it means nothing at the end of the day if you don't know things that can only be taught through experience. And if you mm-hmm. don't have time to get the experience, that's where you can get in trouble by try to start listening to a bunch of other opinions to things to try to shorten the curve. When ultimately, there is no way to shorten the curve. You can't jump rungs in the ladder. You're going to have to climb every one of them. And there's no end to the ladder. The ladder doesn't have a top. And you're going to have to put your foot on every one of them. And the setup is the key. And nobody gets it right. We get it wrong way more than we get it right. But your ability to analyze the terrain, analyze the situation, and the quicker you can do that, sooner or later, you'll start you'll start having a little bit more success at what you're trying to accomplish, you know?
1: Yeah, I think... I hope
3: that wasn't too long-winded, but that's a very that's a very serious subject that could be discussed for, for quite a while, you know?
1: Yeah, I think that the kind of birth of Onyx being in everybody's pocket has really improved setups so <laughs> and killed a lot of turkeys because... It's, it's
3: really weird that you bring that up because... You know, when I hunt with Tanner, Tanner's quite a bit younger than me. I think Tanner's around 30 or something. When he started turkey hunting, they had the cell phone with the with the uh, Google Map or Google Earth and all that. Yeah. And like we would be hunting and we'd be in the in the timber or whatever down here in Alabama hunting, and he was always pulling that thing out. Well, when I started, I would and I still do carry a compass, but I would take a USGS topo map and I would take it and I would take off the areas that I wanted to hunt in, print it out on a smaller piece of paper folded up at the time, this is pre-laminated, put it in a Ziploc bag, put it in my vest and just reading the USGS topo maps, like when you would get in the woods, you know, I mean, this is timber ridges with rolling hills and all kind of stuff. Yeah. You don't have, not that flat lands any easier. Trust me, just pull that map out and it just expedites when you can look at those topo lines. I know guys now that are my age or older that can't read topographical maps. And I'm like, that's, that's pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> To me it is anyway, but the kids now with the OnX and the cell phones and all that, take the phone out of their hand and drop them off. And a lot of them don't know which way to go. And yeah. I give him grief all the time about it because I feel like some of these kids without these OnX and without these apps, and there's nothing wrong with OnX. I love it. Trust me, it's great. But I'm thankful that I got to grow up turkey hunt without all of these uh I don't know. Would you call it a crutch? I don't know if that's fair, but no,
2: um, I definitely would go without
3: it. all these. Yeah, it's great. Don't get me wrong, but what it can really do more than anything, it can get you where you need to be so much quicker. Yeah, that's the key. You know, it can, it can cut down that travel path and you can, well, I don't have to climb three fingers. I can go up and hit a sat or hit this bench this bench will cut off three fingers and put me right where I need to go. If you know that turkey's cutting those bench, cutting those spurs or whatever, you know, There's just, it's crazy, man. What all's out there now? It's nuts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You hunt and have hunted a lot of, you know, and I'm, I'm going to use the term loosely mountainous areas. And so the, the, the topo maps for you probably have been huge, but are there some, Trends or you know usual paths that you see in those hilly terrains, those mountainous terrains that that you would look at a map and say, okay, that might be a good strut zone, or that might be you know an area where we could get around and and call this bird in. I mean anything like that that kind of sticks out in your mind?
3: One hundred ten percent, sure. There's just there's just certain things uh, about different types of terrain and. It it pretty much holds true for anywhere I've hunted in the country except for South Florida. Now, you can literally draw a line across Florida and that what they call the South Zone, even though the northern end of the southern zone, if that makes sense, is a lot of that cattle country that you see on a lot of the videos and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But when you start getting down to about as far south as you can hunt to Osceola, that is pans down the most complicated terrain to not only hunt turkeys in, but to try to navigate in because there's no on there's no satellite imagery. There's none of that stuff unless you really spend some time down there that you can start to break the code. But once again, that's a great place. The great thing about hunting down there because there's no, the crutches are less effective, so to speak. But back to your question, yeah, there's a lot of things in rolling country and stuff that you look for, especially if you've never hunted it. If you're going to go to some national forest out in Colorado, big rugged rolling terrain and all that, there's certain things you're definitely going to look for that can, you know, can help you get ahead of the game. If there's turkeys, you know, obviously that's the biggest right. thing, but uh, yeah, there's certain things that stand out. And then never does it hold true all the time, but there's a lot of times that'll, it'll save you a couple of days of scouting, you know,
0: for sure. Yeah. So what are some of those things that you might look for? Well, obviously the first
3: thing is going to be quite obvious. You're going to look for long ridges. You're going to look at, you know, your elevations of your ridges. This is where we can go back to the OnX. You can look at the topography as far as like, Satellite imagery is like, okay, what kind of terrain, timber, fields, what, what are we dealing with? And the biggest thing you want to look for is a long ridge to where you can get above things and cover a lot of ground in a a short amount of time to put your ears over the most amount of territory possible. But a lot of the times when you have like a main mountain, let's just use direction to keep it simple, it's running north-south. You guys know that that mountain's probably going to have a lot of secondary ridges or I call them finger ridges that'll run perpendicular off the main mountain.
2: Yeah, Those things can go
3: down and sure they're running east west they can go down and they can fork they can have spurs off them a lot of the times where a saddle where one of those spurs will tie into the main mountain a lot of times you'll have a saddle there it doesn't necessarily leave at a quote unquote horizontal line you know or whatever those turkeys like to hang out in in little saddles like that they'll love to get on those fingers and gobble into it, depending on the valley below but they like to use little things like that to get out on, especially I found the, the more narrow. A lot of the times, an older gobbler especially, they'll go get on those more narrow ones. You can't get to them. They can see 360 degrees around them. And yeah. a lot of the times those turkeys, they, they're going to want to be where they can be heard, if they don't have a hen, obviously, but where they can see. And there's just no, you know, you use that term strut. And I hope nobody takes offense to this, but I've never seen a spot in the woods that a gobbler pitches out of his tree and goes to every day and struts. Now, does he have a spot that you may catch him in strutting from time to time? I guess. But it seems to me, granted I'm a slow learner, that the hens dictate more than anything what the gobbler's going to do. Now, if you've got a gobbler that doesn't have hens and he's going to a spot to look for hens, very rarely have I found them where they go do the same thing to the same flat to the same spur. It's... To me, they're almost unpredictable what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. You can see one do something one minute, and you think, okay, tomorrow morning, I didn't kill him today. I'm going to get over there on that flat where he went and gobbled, and you'll go over there on that flat, and he'll He'll fly down and go the other way. Um, I just, I've never seen a lot of turkeys do the same thing day in and day out. Not to say it doesn't happen, but you can see a, you can see strut marks in a road there's no guarantee in my opinion that a turkey's gonna come back there that day and strut in that road like i said this is all relevant to hens though the, uh, the hens dictate the game you know and it's turkeys aren't really hard to kill in the grand scheme of things the hens just make them really hard to kill that's right that's the that's the achilles heel here sure there's old gobblers out there that you can throw the kitchen sink at you you know it seems like you can't get to them but if you have enough time and have enough patience and you're analytical enough, you can, you can kill them. It all goes back to one word. It's time. It's this whole thing's based around time. If you've got time to hunt them, you're going to be a good turkey hunter. If you got time to hunt a particular turkey, more than likely, you'll probably figure out a way to kill it.
2: Yeah. But
3: if you don't have the time, that's the most precious commodity in hunting turkeys, in my opinion. Now, if you've got 2000 acres, that's just overrun with turkeys. Well, that can change
2: things. Yeah, that helps. But, <laughs>
3: Yeah, for most of the guys I know, yeah, exactly. So I've grown up hunting public land my whole life. And uh, I'm not one of these people that thinks you got to hunt public land to, you know, wear that on your shirt and all that crap. But I mean, when you grow up hunting it and you're always having to adjust your location due to some idiot coming in and screwing up your gig, it definitely makes you think more than knowing you can go unlock the gate, lock the gate behind you, go in there and excluding a poacher or a rude guest or whatever, pretty much have the place to yourself, you know? yeah turkeys are turkey they're going to be difficult regardless of where they live but oh, yeah. people interference can make things a little bit more difficult from time to time what do you think I hope i'm not getting too long-winded with all this
0: no. no we want you to be long-winded if you just yeah. give us yes no answers then <laughs> it'd be yeah. the shortest interview ever <laughs>
3: People are sick of hearing. No, I just don't want to. I don't want to rant here. on the same stuff. You know, if all your guys talk about this. Just cut me loose. I don't want to sound like a broken record. Yeah.
1: <laughs> In the past couple of years, the public land love of hunting public land, like you said, wearing it on your shirt kind of thing, it seems like people put more pride behind killing a public gobbler than a private one now. Do you, what are your thoughts on kind of the trend towards public land? Do you think that's a positive for turkey hunting or are you? You know two schools of thought it's a positive maybe we'll have more public land to hunt or you know i don't want to share my ridge with many people
3: <laughs> man i'm I'm not going to sugarcoat anything for you i personally i think it's a trend just like turkey hunting in general has become a trend for a lot of people mm-hmm. it's like you know it goes back to a lot of the people that are doing this u.s slam. there's a lot of people that are doing it now how many of them will finish it Yeah, i don't know it's A lot of it's relevant to income, time. I mean, I know there's a couple of people that have done it that are multi-millionaires. It's easier to do if you have the, the income to do it and the schedule and all. But as far as back to your question, I think public land has become a trend with turkey hunting. And do I like it? Absolutely not. I'm from... I grew up hunting around Alabama. I mean, I still, my mother doesn't even know where I turkey hunt. If I didn't come home, they would never find me, Lord willing. I do not tell anyone. I mean, that's just how I am, and a lot of people may disagree with it, but there's too much, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want more people hunting the public land than absolutely has to because I'm a turkey hunter, and if any turkey hunter out there tells you there's not a selfish bone in their body, I think they're dishonest. (laughs) Yeah, and and I'm not saying you won't help somebody if they need a turkey or you know I've helped Dave, he's helped me. I've helped Tanner, he's helped me. You know you just got to find a good clique of guys. And yeah. I found in my age, and granted I'm older and on and reclusive. The smaller my group is, the better off I am.
2: Mm-hmm. When I
3: got into this U.S. Super Slam thing, my put my pond kind of got a little big. You know, it's because there's a few yeah. people doing it. And hey, man, so you went to Louisiana? Well, where did you go? Well, <laughs> good luck getting that. But, you know, it's kind of like it, it quickly realized that so many people are your friends just because they want you to give them a bunch of handouts. They don't want to do the legwork. I'd be lying to anyone if I told you I didn't have some handouts along the way. you dang right I did. Right. Yeah. But looking back on it, if I could go back and take that handout or two away, I probably would because I like doing it on my own. But if you're going to kill a turkey in 49 states, you're going to have to have to have some help and guidance along the way. It doesn't mean somebody's going to walk you in there and put you under the turkey, but if they say, hey, you're going to go to Mississippi, well, I hunted this management area. That's all I need. Mm -hmm. You don't need to tell me what road, what section of the management area. If it's somebody I trust and all that, I don't want them to say, hey, I killed him right here on on this ridge. If you tell me, if I know that you killed the turkey on so-and-so management area or national forest, I can take it for now. You know, there's those are the nuggets. I'm, <laughs> that's it. Those are the nuggets I'm talking about. So, but you know, I kind of jumped ship. But yeah, I think the public land thing is kind of. It goes back to anything else, though, man. A lot of people hit it, you know, hit the ground running to go after the slam or go start hunting public land. But at the end of the day, regarding of what they consider being successful, most of the time, the majority of them did not stick it out.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, last
3: yeah. year was an absolute nightmare. You guys experience it. I'm sure everybody experienced it. I saw people in places that I don't see people. And and I'm like, man, I I mean, I saw more people in the timber last year here. And it was just, I just praise God that they don't shut it down again this spring.
1: Man, that'd be bad. I I know. The turkeys, I don't think they could take it. I mean, they got hammered.
3: It was brutal, man. It was absolutely brutal, man. If you want to hear a real funny story, you got a couple minutes yeah so there's this one spot i hunt it's an expanse area of national forest and I, i'd heard these turkeys i had to leave go to a birthday and i struck these turkeys around 11 o'clock and there were two of them together and they were two ridges out and i could tell by the way they gobbled that they had in and i looked at my watch and i said man i've got, i'm never gonna make it to the birthday party if i go after them so long story short i was the made the you know honorable decision said guys i'll come in here the next chance i get and we'll resume this So next chance I got, I was back in there and it was one of those mornings. It was really windy. It was just a bad weather morning. Turkeys were not going to gobble that well, but I knew they were in there. So I was like, Hey man, just, let's just ride this thing out. Right? So the wind just kept blowing and blowing. I said, when they fly down, they're going to get out of this wind. Once again, things to think about, you know, they don't want to be in it any more than you do. So use your terrain, use your topography. Where are they going to go? could just be a short hollow you know but Mm -hmm. look at the way it's blowing just just little things like that so i said i gotta get down and i saw this little short steep hollow on my map and literally right when i got just above that hollow and it's what i call a razorback ridge that led over into the hollow really narrow top i'm talking this one was like six or seven feet maybe wide. and you know then it rolled over into the hollow so i broke up behind the ridge and i clucked down into the hollow, and he just about blew me backwards when he hit it. But you can't kill him right there, so you got to make the right move, and I backed off on him and pulled my gun up and just was expecting to shoot him any time. And about the time I got the gun shouldered right behind me on the other side of the hollow, this cat rips a yelp out. It was like cutting, yelp, I don't know really what he was doing. On a slate call... And I knew at that moment the gig was up. I said, man, he's just, he's heard this turkey and He's walked right down in this hollow and busted it. Like the kid walked literally, when he called, he was literally visible to anything in that hollow. You see what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, man,
3: you know, this is going to slow things down a little bit. Still had a great chance to kill the turkey. Just knew it was going to be a few hours now. So I just kind of stand up and all I've got is my gun because I have crawled up to this tree and left my vest and sling and everything else down in the woods. And I'm like, all right, man, I got to go find somewhere and hide and let this dude slide out of here and see what happens. Long story short, the dude calls and he's right above me. Now he's crossed the hollow and he's up behind my tree. And I'm like, man, where's this about to go? And the tree I'm standing by is like a three-foot mountain oak. I got enough room to kind of shimmy around it, you know?
2: hmm
3: And I see this dude coming down the ridge, and he's this young dude. He's probably, I in not 20s or something. And you can just tell how he walks. You're like, man, he hasn't been doing this long, you know? And he's looking at his phone, and he's blowing the turkey out of the county. And I'm going to let this dude walk by at like five feet, right? and I'm just going to slide around the back of the tree and let him cruise right on by me, right? The cat gets out there like, seven or eight yards, has no clue I'm in the woods, sits down at the tree. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm going to be standing here all day because I just didn't want to deal with him, you know? And he sits down, he gets his phone out, he's Facebooking or whatever the kids do. He gets his mouth call in and he goes back to the the kid in Iowa who made that turkey gobble with the yeah. hand that was getting raped. <laughs> uh-huh. He put this, he made these noises and they were just on. Un- godly you know you want to go over there and be like look man let's just take this from the top <laughs> then he got the glass call out he had no clue that he boogered the turkey and believe it or not the guy got up like 15 20 minutes later and he walked off and he never had a clue that there was a turkey hunter i know that's kind of creepy it sounds weird to y'all like like why wouldn't you say something well i don't want people to see where i'm hunting you know what i mean it uh, goes back to the whole public the whole public land thing but the the point of that whole story was a try to, you know, shed a little comedy on the situation, but everybody and their brother were in the woods last year. And it was a lot of people like that. And those people have to go out and do that and learn, and you got to give them credit for out there trying. But it doesn't make it any easier when they do it and they bump your turkey, you know, or so you think it's your turkey. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, I dealt with I dealt with things like that quite a bit last year. It was like it was like starting over, you know. Yeah,
1: last year was hopefully one of a kind. I'm I'm really hoping we don't have a repeat of that this spring, but it oh, was no nice. doubt. It
3: was it was frustrating at times, absolutely. And the turkeys gobbled anyway around here. They gobbled as good as they have since 2012 it was
1: well. it was a perfect was, storm i really think we had a lot of turkeys this year
3: we <laughs> had a lot of turkeys we had a really good mass crop here too and that was beneficial
1: yeah and a uh, lot of hunters a lot of people killing birds i mean tennessee we killed 40,000 it was an interesting year for sure
3: oh i know man yeah that's a good number and i remember when I, I used to hunt missouri back in the late 90s and early 2000s and, and they were killing like you know 60 I think between 55 and maybe 60-something thousand turkeys a spring, and you start doing the math, that is a lot of turkeys,
0: you know? Oh, That's yeah. a lot of turkeys. Yeah, no doubt about it.
3: I wish, we, I wish I don't think anyone has a clearer kill than Alabama here. I just wish somebody could, like, peg it close, you know, and I have no clue. There is no telling.
0: <laughs> no doubt. Well, tell. I had a rather lengthy back and forth with one of the state biologists on Facebook, about the states, the state of Alabama's record keeping and harvest reporting and so on and so forth. And I, I don't think the biologist ever got what I was truly getting at, which is it's not just the harvest reporting that the state lacks, but we have no idea how many turkeys we have in the state. Yeah. And, and that's no understandable. There, it, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's, it, it's not like it's north dakota and there's 18 trees in the entire state so you know it's a little bit harder to to get a good grasp of how many turkeys you got but there's no statewide poll survey or recruitment survey you know there there's no the state has no earthly clue how many turkey hunters we have they know how many licenses yeah. we sell hunting licenses sure but they don't know how many people are over the age of 65 or under the age of 16 that are hunting and, you know, there's just a lot of things that could be done better. But all the biologists wanted to do in my conversation with him or her was talk about how the state is, you know, working with as good a data as they can get. I'm like, You got to leave this state, you know, and I, I think and, I, and I'm not just saying this about Alabama. I'm saying it about a lot of the southern states. There are a lot of areas for improvement that can be had by traveling to other states to see how they do it oh man you know that as well as i do being someone who's you know killed in all 49 states plus some you know there's states that that seem like they pretty well have it figured out and do a great job managing their turkeys and then there's states that don't and you know this year with covid i think is you know unfortunately going to be one of those it's probably going to be a sob story for a lot of states. Yeah. So,
3: I, you know, growing up hunting the, the national forest and some management areas here in Alabama, back when I started doing this, it was nothing to see the Forest Service and, and state planning chufa, planting food plots, and You couldn't ride through some of these places without seeing, and a lot of the times when they would cut fire breaks, when they would burn it, they'd reseed the fire break, and Mm -hmm. they put a lot of time and a lot of money into it. And believe it or not, especially on those lean years where the mast wasn't there, those things could be beneficial to the turkeys. You know, I understand the states don't have the funding now that they probably had, you know, thirty years ago for wildlife and so forth. But yeah, it's definitely frustrating. I'll never forget the first time I hunted Missouri and I saw what they did out there for the turkeys and. I just couldn't get over it, man. I was just like, my, of course that I've never heard that many turkeys gobble in the in the yeah. you know, at that time in my life and in, in any state in the country, and you just couldn't get over the, the resources and the time and money they put into managing the wildlife. And I was just like, my God, I can't. If yeah. Alabama would do half of this, like what it would do to improve the, the habitat for the wildlife. But hey, it's it's all about the dollars and cents, you know. And you got to have it the. Is- the fortitude and the
0: will to want to do it yeah 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 well and i think deer
3: hunting drives a dollar it seems like down here i don't know i don't deer. big
1: big game is everything
0: yeah yeah it does cameron's sitting over there going god here it goes andy again
1: Hey, I'm with you. I lived in Alabama for four years. So I'm I'm well aware.
0: <laughs> and and the thing is, you know, it's like I said, it's not just Alabama. There are a lot of states and it's not just southeastern states. You know, there's a Mostly lot of states are. that could do this better. But I'm I'm just hoping that the whole COVID thing opens up some eyeballs and makes these states realize that there are a lot of areas for improvement. And Kenny, you're right. It boils down to the almighty dollar. But let me ask you a question: As a turkey hunter, would you pay double the license fee to hunt in your home state?
3: Are you serious? Without a doubt, Th- that's what I did not get about so many of these people now that you know that are getting into this game, and they 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 complain because Iowa charges what I don't know what they charge now. I haven't hunted there in a decade, but I know it's like two and a quarter for one turkey.
2: Yeah, and.
3: You know, I know that may be high for a lot of people. Don't get me wrong, but there's so many people in this sport they just jump over dimes to save pennies, and a couple of hundred dollars, in my opinion, to have the opportunity to go turkey hunt, even if that just gets you a ten-day permit or whatever it may be. If you love turkey hunt like I love it, you you won't blink an eye at it. I would put any kind of uh, pay any kind of for my license in Alabama or no, I'm not going to go pay $500 to go hunt Wisconsin for three days. But I mean, it's sensible, but if you know that money is going to a good place and it actually is not going into somebody's pocket and there's a chance it could go to restoration or something like that, it, you don't need to call yourself a turkey hunter if you're not willing to put a little bit in. Yeah.
1: If I could
3: pay,
1: pay $200 and kill a turkey and think that my $200 will help replace that turkey with another one. I'm in every year.
3: (laughs) It's a no brainer. Man, I ain't paying $1,500 for one of them Benelli's. I can go get me an 870. Sure you can. They'll both kill him staying dead. But Mm -hmm. if you walk five to seven miles a day, you may like the way that Benelli carries. It's a personal feeling. Not one is better than the other, but don't knock some other guy because he will pay $200 more for a license or $300 for a pair of boots or whatever. That's the thing. It's like everybody wants to knock what the hell everybody else does. Just worry about yourself, man. It's, you know, if you're if you if you're not in Alabama and you're not killing five a spring, you need to sharpen your game up. You know what I mean? Or, or quit telling somebody else how to hunt. You need to put money more. If they want to charge you more for the license, pay it. You may hear more turkeys gobble one spring.
2: Yep. I may be
3: wrong about that. I didn't mean to get on a tangent, but you got to pay to play, you know? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I,
3: hope, I hope that went a little too brutal. No, That's
1: for sure. Uh, on a lighter note, one thing I did want to ask you where'd you get the nickname Chubbs?
3: You know, man, I, I've lived all over. And when I got out of college, I moved to Nashville for a while. And I ended up back in Alabama around 05 and was kind of, you know, at the crossroads. And a friend of mine I graduated school with, he was he gets getting into residential construction in Denver. Long story short, he said, "Man, you need to go get your builder's license, start building some houses." This obviously before anybody knew the crash was coming. And so I was like, "Great idea!" You know, went and got me a little loan from the bank, bought a lot, started building. I was going to get a spec house going. And to be honest with you, man, uh, I've got a degree from Auburn, and it's a construction management program called Building Science. But they don't teach you how to build. <laughs> they teach you everything, but you know the actual building and so the lumber showed up, and uh, this the builder was going to help me get started, you know, and set me up with his subs and all that kind of jazz. And luckily, I had the best framing crew in the county. Was going to frame my house. We'll be honest, guys. I didn't. I didn't have a clue about cutting rafters or laying out walls and stuff like that. And the foreman for the crew, we just hit it off. And he's he's country as cornbread, and we're still friends to this day. And the first thing we had to do was obviously. Put the four joist in and then put the three quarter inch decking down, which that stuff's pretty heavy if you've ever picked it up. So, as he was watching me carry it up this like ramp, I was moving a little slower than everybody else, you know. Plus, I like to drink a little beer back in the day. So, I was a little loose around the waist there. And he said, He said, Get you, just get up here, Chubbs. He said some other words I'm not going to leave out through your viewers or whatever. And he said, Just get on up here, Chubbs. And man, I just fell out laughing. I said, I love it. And he said, Yeah. And so it is it is just a select few people been calling me that and Dave thought it was the funniest thing ever. And yeah. so when we started doing those videos back in eighteen, he just said, I'm just gonna call you Chubbs and I was like, Call me whatever you want to. I don't give a dang. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. So he likes it and it's another way to get a jab in at me and hey, if I can if I can add a one laugh to any person's day, it's it's been a win, you know
0: i'm with you yeah. on that
3: man life's too serious man yep and you can have fun turkey hunting you don't have to be um you can go out and have a blast turkey hunting and be just as successful as the guy who can't even crack a smile it's uh oh, yeah it's all relevant
0: it's all relevant yeah no doubt, no doubt. Well, man, i hope i haven't won. wasted all y'all's time no it's, i've really enjoyed this yeah. yeah this has been fun yeah. And we we're a little over. I know you
3: guys do this all the time and I just you know I just hope you don't want to come on one of these things and sound like the the 50 guys before you and you want to hopefully discuss something that may not be a primary topic in the in the day-to-day turkey hunting, you know, conversation and stuff like yeah, that and yeah. it, it seems like so many of these things are mundane and they and they cover the same stuff, you know, calling tactics and all that kind of stuff, which it's important, don't get me wrong, but I mean there's only so much of it you can discuss, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, the, there's, the good thing there's, about our sport is that you can ask four different people, four different turkey hunters. Four different, four different answers. Yeah. The same question about how do you do X, and you're going to get four different answers. And the good thing, and you already, you've mentioned this already, they're all right for the most part, but yeah. you just got to find what works for you. And so, you know, every one of the, people listening to the show got to find what works for them and you know what i do might not work for them and it might not work for the turkeys they hunt but what cameron does might work for them so you know that
3: and it all goes back to time you got to have that time to experiment and and just be careful who you who you take advice from you know that's the biggest thing i mean there's i can remember probably the first 20 or 30 turkeys I ever shot, I probably was the biggest bad boy on the block. Don't you mess with me, man. I've got 20. I know what I'm doing. You need to listen to me. And and then you, you get another 15 or 20 years down the road and you're like, I've never had a clue what I'm doing, you know, man, this, I, this is just in total luck. <laughs> so, it, it seems like the, the the fewer someone's done it, the, the better off they, they think they are. But the only thing I've learned is I don't have a clue what's going on. I just got to get up and go every day and hope like heck I can work it out.
0: I'm with you on that. That's right.
3: Yeah,
1: Go every day. It's going to work out eventually.
0: Yeah, the rest of your life
3: may not, but at least you'll enjoy
0: yourself March
1: through,
3: you know, the end of May. You guys been, have probably done it right, but I didn't I did it the total the total wrong way.
0: Well, I was gonna say I've yeah. been there done that. So yeah, the rest of your life may fall apart around you, but heck, at least you'll have fun in the turkey woods. <laughs>
3: uh, man, I tell you what, I have I have burned more bridges because of this sport. It is I don't mean like friends and stuff, just lost some really good women and jobs and you know that that's a lot of people say you know you you got to have a good woman and a good job to understand it but that may be funny on a shirt you buy at the cracker barrel or whatever but there's a lot of there's a lot of truth to that like if you don't have people within your circle that understand it then it's life's going to be it's going to be a nightmare okay because it's not most most employers or women will put up with a guy that, you know, and I'm not talking casual. I'm talking about, you know, 65, 70 days, that's, that's tough. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, a lot of people are not going to understand it. The majority of people are not going to understand it, but if you can get them to where they can accept it and tolerate it, then you've got a winner.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I still, we still butt heads every spring and I get in fights with family members and all that, but it's just like.
0: You know, really, if I could
3: go back and do it again, sometimes I say, I wish I wouldn't have done this. And I was wishing all my friends that are in such better, I don't know if they're in better places, but sometimes it looks better. You know, who knows if it's better or not. You know, they got the lake house, the mountain house, and, you know, the, everything else. And, you know, I'm out here just like, God, I hope I can pay for what I just did on a credit card for three months. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, I just bought a lot of fuel <laughs> yeah. and a lot of plane tickets and hotel rooms and hunting licenses. I don't know, man. It's a, uh, the funny thing about it is, and I never knew this until a few years ago, someone that may get addicted to, I don't know, drugs or gambling or golf or whatever it is. For some of us, this is an addiction it falls under the same umbrella Mm -hmm. it's 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 not it's not a leisurely sport you know it's not a a pastime for people like me and dave and tanner and probably you boys and a couple other guys i know it's Mm non-negotiable and i don't want it to be that way i don't want to make your life more difficult but if you take it away from me it's probably like an addict without a fix or whatever you know
1: yeah, know. That, that's absolutely right. There's much
3: more to it for some of us than I think a lot of us realize. Yeah, the,
1: those three months are sacred. I mean, they <laughs> they don't get interrupted.
3: And for... let's, yeah, let's cut the crap. It's sure, we're, every day we wake up, we're blessed to go out and, and be just be vertical, regardless of what we're doing. But, you know, oh, I just love being out there and listening to the songbirds, and seeing the sun come up, and being one with nature. Hey, that's great. Don't get me wrong. But I'm there to kill a there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only reason that gun's across my shoulder, and that's the only focus of that task. I may not even notice the birds chirping or the sun coming up if a turkey's goblin. <laughs> you know it.
2: Yeah. I mean,
3: it's, uh, that stuff's great. Don't get me wrong, and I don't mean to be weird about it, but it, I'm there for one reason, and that's to find a turkey and hopefully get him about 30 yards, right? not 65 like all the new kids shoot them. 65
1: is <laughs> <laughs> <65's> a close <laughs> shot for them these days. Man, I don't
3: know. You ought to, you ought to ask a lot of your listeners, maybe you do, about the range because how many people really understand how far 55 yards is? Way and further. you guys may shoot them that far, and I don't mean to be offensive if you do, but that's a poke, man.
1: No, no, I, I don't. I, I, That was one – I used TSS for one season and I noticed that I was thinking that I could shoot them basically if I saw them and I was like, I'm going back to lead. Like (laughs) I need, I don't want to be, you know,
3: I I love, I love tungsten, man. I've been loading that stuff now for about I don't know, eight or nine years, but I never used it. I never put a shell in the chamber of the gun thinking I was getting 10 or 15 more yards. The biggest thing I liked about it was I could shoot, I could carry a lighter gun, the lighter chassis frame, you know what? Yeah. Um, it was a weight it was a weight thing for me because I was like I'm tired of toting a six pound six and a half pound gun if I can tote a five pound gun that's a pound it goes a long ways on a gun yeah. And, yeah but you know now you got these guys you know oh, I shot him at 70 yards and 60 yards and I'm like sell the damn gun go get you some golf clubs dude you know yeah, because, yeah. Uh, we that's... all make mistakes especially in open tim- or open fields and stuff 50 50 60 yards that's a it's a long way to shoot at a gobbler.
1: Yeah, that, that's just too far. Uh, I'm I'm with you there completely. I I actually called out Realtree. They they posted a video of a guy shooting one at 80 yards, and I called him out and I was like, "This is crap. Like, <laughs> that's not turkey hunting." Are man. you serious? He, yeah, he shot a, a breeding put... gobbler on top of a hen at 80 yards, and did he just stone him and have
3: to go again. finish him off? Did he did he just stone kill him?
1: No, it was. He had his head up. He just I think he got one pellet in the spine held him down, and he rocked the hen too, but luckily it got up for him and ran off. But they posted that on YouTube, and I, I, everybody on the comments was just like, this is crap. Like take this down. <laughs> we don't want people thinking they can shoot him at eighty yards. So they actually did take this it down.
3: weekend this weekend when you're if you're watching football or whatever. Look at the goal line and go to the next, the opposing 20. Yeah.
2: And it, imagine, a
3: imagine way. you take the size of an offensive lineman standing on that field and you take the size of a gobbler and you put the tip of your barrel on the goal line and you put that gobbler down to the next on the opponent's 20. Man, that's just, you can't be doing that kind of stuff, man.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. a <laughs> totally long way. way. Yeah.
3: It's easy to, to overshoot when oh, he's at 40 and he was 46 or something. He's at 30 and he's 38. That kind of stuff happens. And you're going to have those shots where you may shoot through some brush that you didn't see. And you get up there and he's he's one-eyeing you or something like that, which is the worst feeling in the world. But when you have a few of when you know, when you approach those turkeys that aren't fully dispatched, which anyone that says it hadn't happened or whatever, they haven't shot at a lot of them or they're lying. That, that just kind of reinforces you to try to try to take the best shots you possibly can. What, Get it over with right then. Yeah. What would you
1: suggest somebody do if they did have that issue, you know, put a poor shot on one? What What do you think is the cleanest way to finish him off? Do you shoot him again or do you use the butt of your gun?
3: You know, I, I don't want to lie to you or anyone. I've probably done a little bit of all of it. If it can be done, I've probably done it.
1: Yeah. Just um, whatever's quickest.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. That's that follow up shot deal can get kind of dicey. Obviously if the turkey's getting some ground on you, if he's not immobile and he's got his, you know, wings popping the ground and kinda running, his wings are balancing, especially if he's getting in air or whatever, well then it's a no brainer. You gotta you gotta get him down.
2: Mm-hmm. But
3: I'm gonna be honest with you, man, if it when that moment happens when you get up in a one and he's he's immobile but he's not he's not dead yet. A lot of the times it's a it's a neck break situation or something along those lines, you know, and it's, it's going to be the quickest possible thing, but I'm not going to take two steps back and decapitate. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, as weird as this is getting ready to sound. Cause if you're Doesn't breaking right. the neck of anything, there's, that's kind of morbid in its own. Right. But I don't feel right. Taking his head off his body. Like I, yeah, my respect for him is a little bit greater probably than some, but it's not just a, a piece of, it's not just a dead bird. You know, with a beard or spurs or there's so much more to a wild turkey than that. I don't want blood all over him. I don't want it to be gory. I don't want it to be. uh, Yeah. I want him to look like he just fell over dead in the perfect
1: situation. In in his full Um, glory. That's right.
3: (laughs) Yeah, these kids that put these pictures out there for kids to see with uh, the the head detached, and then they'll have a picture of the shotgun shell or whatever. And I'm just like, they miss the point. Man, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just you just hope they're seventeen years old. And they're they're gonna stay after it one day and learn that that's he deserves a little bit more than that. But yeah. I'm kind of weird about my turkeys. I they're they're hard to come by, and I like I like a I don't want to be disrespectful toward them. You know what I mean? Yeah, sounds kind of weird. You just trying to kill them, but try to do it the best <laughs> possible way you can. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I've kinda always
1: weird, but... I've had that happen two or three times, and I, I usually just unload my gun immediately and use the butt of my gun to break his neck, and that, that usually works pretty quick.
3: That's a real good way to do it. I've actually seen, you know, when I started doing this, and if you watched the videos from the late 80s and early 90s, when someone would shoot a turkey, man, you wouldn't believe the speed. From the minute the gun was shot and the turkey went down, it was like you were trying to steal home to get to that turkey.
1: Yeah, half the time, because like, they weren't dead half the time. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and like so, I grew up hunting them to like, you shoot a turkey, you just you get to them as quick as you can because you got to get out there and grab them and make sure they're not going to go anywhere. But you know, over the years, and especially with the the optics now and the, and the and the ammunition and everything we have, it's like I don't know that part of the game just kind of disappeared. You know, it got yeah fell to the wayside, and you, I don't feel that need to. It's amazing more people didn't trip over their gun and get shot. You know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. Oh, I, I used man. to be one of those sprinters as well, and I've I've calmed down on that.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it goes back to that ladder. We're always climbing a new rung, and some it's amazing it's you most of the time you don't ever look below you. You just just keep going up. It, but it's fun, man. I just hope I haven't worn you guys out. I don't ever talk to many people about turkey, and I got small groups, so it's fun to actually talk to people. <laughs> I've enjoyed
1: Mate, we, it. We sure appreciate you coming on here. I hope maybe we can have you again sometime, and.
3: Yeah, I'll probably never get a call back. He's like, God, that dude doesn't shut up. But, <laughs> man, you know, we hadn't been around Turkey since June, so it's kind of like yeah, the first of a... June. It's kind of like some of us, it's a, it's a daily thing all year. It's not just a February. Or, you know, when you start practicing calling, well, if you're not a good caller, you need to call all year. <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah. Every yeah. time I'm in the car, there's a call in my mouth <laughs> by myself.
3: Yeah, it's
0: just like anything else.
3: Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's just like the more you put into Turkey hunt, it's just like anything else, the more you're going to get out. Yeah.
0: So true. So true.
1: Well, Kenny, I think we'll wrap it up. I, I sure. really have enjoyed talking to you and I promise you, I could talk to you for another three hours if you wanted to, because as you said, we're all addicts in this sport and, uh, Nothing better than talking to a fellow addict for
3: sure. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, you know, I just try to look at it from a different, trying to talk about stuff that you may not hear as much because you hear a lot about the, you know, the, the, the calling and the other things, but you don't hear, there's so many. Turkey hunting to me is a tool chest and you have to have a, it has to have a lot of different tools in it. And the sharper each tool is, obviously the more proficient and efficient you're going to be mm-hmm. because so many people just want to have one or two tools in there and think that's going to, going to be able to fix any job that yeah. they have to deal with. And it's magical, that's just but... not the case. Yeah. It's just not the case if you hunt them the way some of us like to hunt them, you know, and not that our way is better than the next guy, but I need everything I can possibly have when I go to the woods as far as, you know, tricks and things up my sleeve, because it seems like every turkey you set down on, is always something different. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you think you got them figured out, you better take about 10 steps backward. you're getting know, ready to get in trouble.
0: Well, <laughs> if you don't take 10 steps back, they'll they'll set you back 10 steps. So
3: yeah, <laughs> exactly. Try That'll to beat do. them to the punch. Yeah.
0: yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah no doubt well man thank you thank you for the opportunity yeah thank you for taking time out sharing some knowledge with us and sharing some stories it's been a lot of fun absolutely Now we we didn't talk about any physics though
3: no thank god all right refresh me do you remember the pythagorean theorem (laughs) uh
0: i I think that was uh that was girl i went out with in college
3: the ideal gas alone, I mean, God Almighty, I didn't think, if I got, I thought when I started physics, I thought, if I can get through this, I can handle anything in life, anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a bad year, man. But uh, let me ask we... you guys a couple of questions before we get off. You, are you guys both doing the slam thing too?
1: Yes. Yes.
3: How, are you close, Getting getting closer, what's going on?
1: Andy's pretty close.
0: Yeah, i I actually California. started mine about in two thousand and two, and me and a, a group oh God, of buddies from wow. college are, are started out doing this together, and we were doing about a state a year, and then you know after about ten years of that, we said, well, we need to step it up a little bit if we're ever going to finish this, because you know 49 states and we started it when we were 30 31 something like that uh, none of us are going to finish it so we started doing two states a year and now it's gotten to three or four states a year and so i'm at 35 right now and
3: oh yeah you're over the hump okay yep.
0: yeah i think this coming season we're we've got about six or eight states on the list which will be the most states as a group that we've tried to tackle and so
3: yeah, that's that's yeah. I had to go. I think there uh, for a few years. I think I did nine or ten, three or four years in a row. And yeah, th- you know, I have so many people that that do ask me. One question is is always the same. What advice would you give somebody that's doing it right? Simple. Of course, you've been doing it so long. This probably wouldn't be good advice for you. But slow down. Like if I could go back and do anything again, I would have I would have completely slowed down, and I would not have made it the goal to be the first on the list from Alabama. That yeah. would not have been the goal. The goal would have been to soak it in, enjoy it, and go on for the ride because I don't know why the hell we all got in such a hurry to do it. Dave, me, Tanner. I think it goes back to, what, like I said, you get into that, that adrenaline rush of saying, okay, I got three days to kill a turkey here, and if I can't kill him in three days, I got to come back. Mm-hmm. And that's daunting. So yeah. that's the biggest thing. If I could go back and do it again, I would not have done. If you do three or four states of spring, that's got to be just about perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I just can't think of how, how much more enjoyable that would be.
0: If you're going to get there, you know, Lord willing. Lord willing. Yeah, yeah.
3: A great and, ride. And just enjoy it.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm about 18 states in right now. I started three years ago, so I had a big year last year for me. And hopefully, hopefully going to have another big one this year.
3: Yeah. Let's see, like 18, like I can't imagine how that feels. You're probably looking at it going holy crap, am I ever going to get to 49? Oh, well, no. next thing you know, you'll be in you'll be in Andy's shoes. You'll be at like 35 or 36, and he'll be done, and you'll be like, how does it feel? He'll That's be amazing. like, slow down. <laughs> I'm hoping we'll
1: be at 28 by the end of this season and then keep going. I, I'd like to finish it out by the time I'm 30, so that,
3: that'd be nice. Oh, yeah, you're, you're super young then. you got a lot of good days ahead of you then. I mean, I didn't even – and I'd heard about it. I saw Jeff, Bud long before he became who he is, they did a small article on that guy in this magazine that used to be called Turkey and Turkey hunting yeah. years ago. And he was living in Colorado. I don't even know this guy. I just know a little bit about him. He was living in Colorado at the time, like building houses or something. And they did an article about him, about how he would travel the country and hunt. And this is before he got his super slate. Man, I'm over here hunting one day in Alabama and I'm riding down the road and cat sitting there using the payphone and i'm like whoa oh, that's the dude he had a colorado plate out of a toyota truck and, and it was jeff butts and then when i heard about him doing the slam like i probably didn't hear about it till well after you started well after yeah so you know yeah. back when i started I, the grand slam was like man if you can kill four turkeys uh that's the pinnacle you know i did that i didn't <laughs> it was like nothing to it it was like gotta be gotta be something better than this you know yeah, right.
0: yeah. That You guys are
3: sitting pretty there, man. You're going to have a blast.
0: That's really where, you know, where all this kind of started for me is I got through with my, I finished my first Grand Slam. And, of course, like 90% of the people that, that get one, my last state was Florida. And I, after yeah. I killed that bird, I thought, well, so after I killed that bird, I'm on my way to the emergency room different story. And I'm thinking that was kind of cool, but it wasn't as hard as everybody made it out to be.
3: It's just shooting a turkey. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, what can I do next? And it, and for me, it was, it was simple. I went on these trips trying to kill a grand slam, which I did in two years with my college buddies. And I thought, well, I want to go to another state with my college buddies you know, with these guys and, and just have a good time. That That's what it's about. I love to travel. I love to hunt. And so, man, we just we just got started that way. And it it wasn't, you know, it was, hey, I'd like to kill a turkey in every state. But I don't even think it was, I might be wrong, I don't even think it was called a Super Slam at that point. I don't even know really that anybody was trying to do it. Because it just didn't, it it didn't mean anything to me. It was not the challenge of killing a turkey in every state. It was, I want to go travel these states and I want to kill turkeys. Yeah, you it's know? just,
3: it's the best of both worlds. Absolutely. Yeah. Kill two birds with one stone. No pun Absolutely. intended. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's,
3: you know, here's a weird tidbit. You know, the the first Osceola I ever killed was a fall gobbler. How about that? That's like, true. you know, most people they'll, they'll kill an Osceola. It's a spring bird, but a friend of mine had some, access to like a deer club down there and he said man they got some turkeys you want to go fall hunt them i'm like hell yeah i don't care about any deer but let's go turkey hunting <laughs> but uh i actually fall hunted florida before i ever got a chance to hunt them in the spring so it's uh that was kind of weird
1: do you do much hunt. fall hunting now
3: you know i used to back when i was younger last few years of college and all that a county here not far from me talladega county had a fall season um and randolph county had one and we would go hunt them some de- here we go again. Just talk about spoil The first morning I ever fall turkey hunted in Alabama, called in a whole flock of two-year-old gobblers. I mean, it was just, and it was all downhill after. I mean, all uphill after that. It's just like you got to be kidding me, man. Just, I, I went out there and treated it like a spring morning. There were these gobblers yelping in the tree down in the bottom of this hollow, and I'm just some 18-year-old idiot out there yelping back at him, and they walked up there to me <laughs> what, what are the chances of that i mean uh, killing a long beard in the fall it's as hard as it sounds it's um uh, i actually oh, yeah. did a little travel i fall hunted west virginia some in florida and all that but you know now being older and traveling so much in the spring I, it's definitely fallen to the wayside for
2: sure. yeah yeah
3: it's a great way to hunt them though you hear far more calling than you do in the spring as far as the hens are concerned you know oh yeah
2: Mm -hmm.
3: so if you're into the calling and all that so you can definitely hear a lot of you know whistling and stuff like that but you'll hear that occasionally i guess in the spring i don't hear it all that frequently but it's it's definitely there Mm -hmm. yeah
1: i've just kind of started getting into the fall hunting and i've i've really enjoyed it actually like really enjoyed it i got a gobbler this year in tennessee and i'm probably going to keep keep going on it
3: congrats man that is awesome and you know like going out there and busting them up and and calling them back and all that like that it really is uh if you really get into them and it works out it is a blast it really yeah. is yeah you don't know, you'll you'll hear them gobble you'll see them strutting from time to time but i mean you're not gonna that's a rarity you know as far yeah. as like the spring more of a dominant strut you know is what i found that it's if they're not strutting to come up and try to steal a woman or anything yeah the... a lot of slow days in it too you know but
1: oh yeah you might not hear anything for a couple of days but you got to look for those little nuggets of sign more so than anything <laughs> and yeah man
3: well congrats on y'all's uh slams you'll like i said andy it sounds like you can see the end almost what do you got 14 left yeah, yeah. after this year years you can... and you'll have that knocked out yeah yeah it's, uh, to... it's a blast man
0: it, it is it is so i don't know we talked to tanner the other day and it really got me thinking you know what what am i going to do when i finish it you know what what is it going to feel like and so uh, i I don't you
3: know if you're like me you're probably going to be a little bit depressed
0: yeah Uh, (laughs) i'm sure not like you're
3: going to be laying at home crying you're going to be like what in the hell are we going to do next season you know, yeah. it's like, what are we going to do? Well, then you can say, wait a minute. You remember that time I killed the turkey? We all killed our turkeys the first day in, I don't know, New Mexico or wherever. Let's go back there and spend a week and hunt that. You know, that's kind of like so many places I want to go back to, you know. And I got to go to a handful of them last season, but it's, I was laying in bed last night just trying to map it out. You know, like, where, where can I go? What am I going to do? You want to go to way more than you have time. <laughs> that's right. That,
0: that's 60 or 70% of the fun just yeah, mapping it absolutely. all out, laying it out. Yeah, what? Dude, what's it, next? Strategizing.
3: You know, man, they give me Tanner and then they give me grief because I'm OCD to the hilt type A anal lieutenant. I drive everyone nuts, but it's like, I want, you know, man, that, that is, that is it. The strategy. When I get there and put my feet on it, I want to already know so much about it that I can get through there blindfolded, you know? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: I just, I just lay in bed looking at maps and studying that stuff. I mean, it's, <laughs> People are like, "What is wrong with you?" I'm like what? you meet anyone that turkey hunts 65 70 days of spring They are really demented individuals <laughs> Plain and something there's nothing normal <laughs> about any of us. The rest of the world's probably pretty normal, but we're definitely on an island yeah
2: yeah and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> i'm Uh, I'm
1: right there with you i I think we're cut from the same cloth because my wife will always be like what are you doing on your phone and she looks over there and i got you know maps pulled up she's like what are you looking at i'm like where i'm turkey hunting next year
3: (laughs) yeah she thinks you're checking out Carrie underwood you're looking at like some you know yeah no you want to see it here promise. good anyway yes yeah, good deal well, guys i've enjoyed it i'll just me i'll just too, it in the bud because i'm rambling and i'm sorry
0: no good? no i've, I've enjoyed it. it's it been a lot of fun and let's definitely get you back on again sometime soon yeah.
3: thanks kenny anytime and, and guys best of luck to you this season and i hope you Same have a, you. as always a safe season but i'm not gonna kid you i hope you knock the heck out of them this
0: is a good <laughs> you deal. thank you i hope you do too see you buddy
3: absolutely well, you guys have a good evening anytime you want to give me a chance a uh, shout give me a call man
0: we'll do all it right. thank you sounds good all right
3: Bye. take care man enjoyed it yep.
1: yeah me too you too Bye. Bye. all right Bye. yeah it, Bye. Was, it was lengthy but man what a cool episode i'm glad we got to talk to him and pick his brain because I, I don't think many people have gotten to do that
0: <laughs> yeah and we covered a lot of different topics too so that was fun
1: yeah it just felt like we were sitting around the campfire talking to chubbs you know at, at turkey about what it felt like to me
0: yeah, and I hate that I didn't have a drink in my hand for that interview, but I'm making up for it now.
1: There you go. There you go. Yeah, I, I was the number one thing I wanted to make sure I asked him was how did he get the nickname? And so, I'm <laughs> glad we got the story there because <laughs> he's not a he's not a chubby guy, like <laughs> no at all. So I, I've always wondered where in the world did he get this nickname?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that was interesting and great interview. I, I think there was a lot of good info to be had there in just a normal turkey talk chat. You can always pick up something from hearing
0: people who have done it for a while. Yeah, no doubt. Well, very cool. So, I've got the favor of the week this week? Yeah, I think it's up to you, man. What's What are we asking of folks? All right. So, this actually is a big favor. The big favor of the week this week is, you know, when I switched the show over to the premium format about four years ago it made quite a few people angry and there were some people who found the show over that four-year period of time and listened to an episode or two that were a little bit upset that they were gonna have to pay to listen to the rest of it i get it you know I, i knew this going into it when i made the decision to go premium and now that we're back free I have looked at the reviews that some of those people left during that period of time on whatever podcast player they were listening to the show on. And some of them were not real kind and not real happy about having to pay to listen to the entire episode. Yep. So I would like for you guys who are listening now to this totally free episode to go on to your podcast player app and leave a five-star rating and a review and bury absolutely bury those negative reviews that we have because they're not valid anymore
1: yep that is true so that's a great favor of the week i hope people actually take that to heart because that really helps drive some traffic to us which you know in turn makes us motivated to put out a
0: free podcast for everybody so absolutely and go leave takes, some reviews get yeah, rid of the
1: haters man
0: that's right <laughs> it takes 30 seconds If you'll jump on the Apple Podcast Player app and put some five-star ratings and reviews on there, Cameron and I will give you a great big hug when we see you. For sure. So that's the favor of the week, this week, and unless you've got anything else to add, I'm going to wrap this puppy up. Wrap it on up. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week and... We look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews